It's summer 2016. On the runway of Cardiff Airport, the Welsh team is being given a send-off by fans as they head to the 2016 Euros. The enthusiasm from the throng of school kids is palpable. But who would have known that their hopes and dreams would have been taken on such a roller coaster ride? At that tournament, Welsh football loudly announced its rebirth to the rest of the world and won the hearts of millions in the process. For Andrew Wagstaff, the head of Wales in Canada, this has been a long time coming. The attention that that has brought to Welsh football is absolutely fantastic and it's a, an example where people are, it was always there, but people are now really, really waking up to the fact that Wales has, Wales is more than just the men's rugby team. Um, Wales has prowess uh, across various different sports, across the whole country, uh, across the men's team, the women's team. There are other sporting stories and success stories to be heard in Wales. One of the most famous chapters, not just in our sport in history, but also I think in our, certainly our history since devolution, was Wales getting to the semi-finals of Euro 2016 in France. Now, what I can say is, as a nation, we were probably underprepared for that. We, we, were, we were a little bit reactive. For sports diplomacy expert Gavin Price, the surprise success led Wales to have to think on its feet as the spotlight shone brighter. When we look at the Welsh language, I know for a fact that um, that tournament gave the Welsh language its most exposure ever. So you had multinational corporations like Nike and Adidas approaching Wales and the FA Wales saying, do you mind if we use the Welsh language to do some advertising? And that's a really big deal for Wales, its language and a small nation. It's huge. And I think, you know, we've built on that. that. That gave us a bit of confidence around our projecting our language and culture and values on the world stage. So what I'm pleased to say is since that point and some of the, the work, um, I'd like to think that had a you know, a fairly strong contribution towards with the British Council towards the Welsh Sports Policy Strategy Report. But, you know, Welsh Government have picked up some of those recommendations, built on them, and now they're delivering sports diplomacy in a more systematic way. And we're seeing that now permeate through the World Cup. And I can only, um, you know, applaud them for what they're doing. I think they're doing a, a great job. Welcome to Soft Power a podcast that will explore the impact Welsh sport has had on the brand of Wales and how it is applied in the real world. My name is Rhys Waters. In the final episode of this season, we are going to focus on Welsh football and the strategies that will be used to maximise Wales' impact around the World Cup. Gavin believes the winning strategy for Welsh government is to be the connector. The, the best thing they're doing, and it's one of the key recommendations, is they're aware that they have a key role to play in sports diplomacy, but they're also a steward. They don't own it. So it's about, I guess, synergizing all key pillars and components of Welsh society for the greater good. So whether that's um, Welsh Arts International and what they can synergize with sports, or, or whether that's the FA of Wales or the Welsh Rugby Union or any other sporting federation in Wales, um, you know, uh, museums of Wales, they, they, they've got some stuff going on around. There's an exhibition, um, I think, around Welsh football and photography and shirts going on at St. Fagans. 
or we're looking at music collaborations and funding. There's a major festival happening in North Wales called the Expo, while well, got the Red Wall Festival, Red Wall being the official Wales Football Fan Supporters Group. And around that festival, there's a whole number of things happening from um, film to um, you know seminars, interviews. I've been approached about possibly doing something around football diplomacy, and that, that may happen if we can get off the ground. But, but you know, it's, it's a football lovers festival, but it's also about Wales looking outwards. So some of the films are coming from places like Croatia, Germany. In fact, and in fact the, the Croatian one is really interesting because it talks about how sport and football was used to help them build a sense of cultural nationhood. The point is, you know, we are, Wales is now using sports, um, football, rugby and other sports to, I guess, um, project its its values, its culture, its language, um, build ties, and hope, hopefully that leads to other outcomes around business, tourism, attracting investment to Wales and those kind of things. In the lead-up to the 2022 World Cup, Welsh football has already seen a huge amount of exposure from a very unexpected place. <laughs> My name is Rob McElhenney. My name is Ryan Reynolds. Hello, the NOE, you Rob McElhenney. Of the NOE, you Ryan Reynolds. This is Maxine, and she is our Welsh translator. Dyma Maxine in Cavaithid Cymraeg. Our new show on FX is called Welcome to Wrexham. Like, the curveball of Welcome to Wrexham has obviously put, like, the Welsh culture and Welsh sport and the, the, the community that exists around Welsh sport in like a different level of exposure um how, how when 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 something like that happens and it's a complete anomaly um because it would be impossible to recreate <laughs> but how how would how does that um imagine it plays a massive role in sports diplomacy i can't think of a much more successful example <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant example because it it, it speaks to where i see progressive and, and network sports diplomacy heading so so, you know, what it's done is it's, it's used, uh, there's a number of um, actors that have come together. So Wrexham Football Club, two Hollywood legends, um, people in the creative industries, in, 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 in the film and uh, creative arts industries, the Welsh government at times, um, and then other key people in sort of Welsh society. And they, they've, they've come together to, I guess, champion a, a community, a club, but also values in North Wales and Wales more widely, language, culture. So I think it's 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 fantastic, it's genius. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking at um, some of the sort of spin-off events, so there was a um, there's an event that was sort of co-hosted by the Welsh Government and Wrexham and um, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney and other people in, in LA around St. David's Day and there was, um, yeah, there were formal procedures and discussions, but there was Welsh music on show, Welsh food, you know, that, that, so sport there has been, or football has been the platform, um, you know, to give Wales access to a wider raft of stakeholders than they, they probably could have access, i.e., you know, LA, you know, Hollywood and, and the glitterati of the world. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's an amazing example. My hat's off to, to, to everyone involved with that. I get a little bit jealous being a Newport County season ticket holder, and all we hear about is Wrexham all the time. But, but I look. I mean, I look. I'm enjoying. I am really enjoying the series. I think they've done a, they've, they've 
balancing's beautifully because they've also tapped into the grassroots as well. So, you know, they've obviously given the backstories to players, people in the community, people behind the clubs and the challenges. And then and then they're also looking at the sort of strategic level about how they can sell the club in Wales and good for the community, good for Wrexham, um, good for Wales. Has it has it risen Wrexham's profile and Wales's profile on the world stage and the UK stage? Absolutely. So it's brilliant. And Andrew Wagstaff feels the impact from across the Atlantic. This time two years ago, I don't think that that many people in Canada would have heard of Wrexham. Um, however, now the whole of North America is watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu or Crave. or uh, And the that's a great example of where sport has again started that conversation. Sport was something that originally attracted Rob McElhinney and Ryan Reynolds to invest in Wales. It was obviously a personal passion of theirs. It was something that interested them. Um, and it started them thinking about Wales. And now that they've done that and they've invested, that conversation has exploded. Um, it, it's become more than just an investment or a, a personal project. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney have really thrown all of their weight behind Wales. It's a documentary, it's social media posts, it's it's also the results on the field. Um, the number of people watching matches now um, has just increased like 10, 30 fold, something like that, I imagine. And of course, it's investment for the stadium, which is investment in the town. Uh, and also, so my job is to raise Wales's profile in Canada. That's all very well, but for one person to try and reach Canadian, a Canadian audience and to reach your average Canadian on the street is quite challenging. People do not know who I am. People are not interested in knowing who I am. People shouldn't necessarily know who I am. I mean, a Canadian in the street should not know my or would not be expected to know my name. However, I want them to hear my messages, which is Wales is a great place to live. Wales is a great place to study. Wales is a great place to work. Wales is a great place to invest. I do not have a public profile. I do not have a, uh, a large social media following. And so when you have people that are already engaged with the public, people that the public look up to, people that the public listen to, when you have people like them, people like Ryan Reynolds, who are getting your messages out, which is Wales is awesome. Wales excels at XYZ. When you have people with... Uh, uh, access to the public putting those messages out for you they are our best ambassadors um, my job is to encourage more of that and to try and find those links and draw those links out um, i couldn't dream of doing something like uh, i couldn't dream of getting the same exposure for wales that <laughs> in canada that ryan reynolds has done however that's why we are here as Welsh Government in Canada. It's to try and find those links that exist or potential links that exist and try and amplify, do what we can do to try and amplify them as much as possible. Gavin Price sees this as a shot in the nation's arm. For me, it's a really cool soft power tool because it's linked into you know, uh, landscapes and mythology, um, um, you know, and, and, and history more broadly, you know, it, 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 it talks the true history of Wales and people are really interested in that stuff. All this work we're doing around sports diplomacy and what Welsh Gov is doing, it's fantastic. So, you know, the Aussies say, if you don't 
pump your own tires up, nobody will do it for you. So we need to be ballsy. We need to put ourselves out there. Believe, believe in it, you know. You know, we, we've got so much to offer the world. And, and um, sport is an area where we have contributed to, you know, the, the sort of um, story of international sport. Do you think that Welsh people really understand the wealth that they have in sport and that how it informs soft power? Do you think Welsh people really get a grasp this asset that they, that they have really? I don't think they do because I think that it's such an integral part of domestic life in Wales that it maybe feels a... Uh, it just feels like it's not until you go outside of the country you see the visibility that it has around the world. As far as we know, the first time a national anthem was sung at, a, at, a, at an international sports game was, what, 1905 All Blacks Wales? I think spontaneously in response to the hack of the crowd started um, singing the Welsh national anthem. You know, that's that's amazing. You know, if you speak to people in the sports community about that, sports, like, wow, you know, we're, we're, we've got the third oldest football association on the planet. Wrexham's ground is the oldest existing, still existing international football ground on the planet. So, you know, these things are, are remarkable. So. The, and every part of Wales will have sporting history and, and, and a rich fab, fabric that we really need to value and, and, and record and then showcase to the world. So with this sporting resource being fully valued, we can look forward to the global stage that is right in front of us and even further beyond. The Football World Cup in Qatar is an enormous priority for Welsh Government and the Football Association of Wales. We're expecting thousands of Welsh fans to be over in Qatar. We're expecting a lot of visibility. We have a, uh, a plan for engaging um, the fans on the ground and our international diaspora to really, really get involved um, in promoting Wales as much as possible as part of the World Cup. And so I think that that is going to be a really great opportunity to demonstrate to people in Wales back home that the world is watching us. The I guess the value proposition for the World Cup is is pretty straightforward. The World Cup is arguably the the biggest staging post for the world, certainly in a post-COVID world. So when you're talking about exposure as a platform to project ourselves on the world stage, our flag, our anthem, our language and and and, and our, our, our footballers, and then also the fans. Okay, there won't be as many as there might be if it was in maybe a Western European country, which is easy to travel to. But we'll still have a strong cohort of Welsh people. Now we use the term, you know, uh, diplomats in tracksuits earlier, but also the term diplomats in bucket hats has been bandied around. But you know, I I use that term tongue in cheek, but but it's good. Our fans have been great ambassadors for Wales and the Welsh culture. So. I think there's some organic opportunities that we need to think creatively in the future about how we can use our fans to help leverage more ties with different places in the world and they may lead to more formal outcomes around trade or diplomacy or whatever it may be. What's happening now is we're not being so reactive when it comes to sports diplomacy. We're thinking about the future, about you know what are, are our goals and aims as, as, a, as a nation, as a society, what are our values and how can we project them on the world stage look at what events are on the horizon and then work with the sportscape. So sporting federations, teams, athletes, universities, the cultural sector, INGOs about 
you know, what can we do and how can we deploy these people to go into the into battle for Wales generally? It's as simple as that. For all intents and purposes, we are the underdog. Um, our first match is against the United States. Big deal. Wales is 3 million people and the United States is more than 100 times that. Um, but I really think that people are going to be supporting us. And I see there being a real buzz around the Welsh presence in Qatar. And I think that that's really going to wake people in Wales up to the fact that we have international supporters we have people around the world who are really rooting for us and really want us to do well and want us to see and want to see us go far in the competition with the strategies and plans in hand regardless of the results on the field wales can still win sports diplomacy is an exciting way forward for global relations national identity and community development to continue into the future as a confident forward-facing nation our sporting prowess and heritage may be our secret weapon. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please visit wales.com slash Canada to meet the team behind it and to find out more. This has been a Podstarter production. production.